Hello and welcome back to this episode of the High Yield Podcast of Medicine. In this episode, I will discuss two not so common disorders associated with defective regulation of innate or adaptive immune system, namely hemophagocytic lymphohistocytosis and autoimmune lymphoproliferative syndrome. So what is HLH or hemophagocytic lymphohistocytosis? It's an aggressive and life-threatening syndrome associated with excessive immune activation due to dysregulation of innate immune system. It's most common among infants and young children but can affect any patients at any age with or without familial predisposition. What's the molecular pathogenesis of HLH? It has two major components. One is excessive activation of macrophages causing tissue damage and organ failure, while the other arm of pathogenesis is failure of cytotoxic T cells and natural killer cells to eliminate these excessively active macrophages. It's believed that the major genetic or functional defect relates to proteases by cytotoxic T cells responsible for pore formation, the perforin-dependent cytotoxicity. Now, what does the term hemophagocytosis indicate in the terminology of disease, which is hemophagocytic lymphohistocytosis? Hemophagocytosis is almost self-explanatory. It indicates phagocytosis of blood cells by macrophages. Describe the concept of cytokine storm in the process of hemophagocytic lymphohistocytosis. Persistent activation of macrophages leads to excessive cytokine production and this is the main mediator of organ failure. The main cytokines include interferon gamma, TNF-alpha, inflammatory interleukins such as interleukins 6, 10 and 12 as well as soluble interleukin-2 receptor, which is CD25. Also, remember the nature of cytokine elevation is different from macrophage activation syndrome, which is the major differential diagnosis of HLH, given the fact that in both conditions we have excessive macrophage activation. Now, what is the most common trigger regardless of genetic predisposition in both patients with or without underlying genetic cause, it's observed that the most common trigger is usually an infection and the most common infection is usually Epstein-Barr viral infection. What are the other triggers? Other conditions associated with excessive cytokine production as seen in chronic granulomatous disease, as well as other general causes of triggered immunodeficiency such as malignancy, HIV infection, and certain rheumatologic diseases. Also, never forget Kawasaki as a possible trigger. Okay, what are the clinical manifestations of HLH? Think of an acutely ill child with multi-organ involvement manifested by fever, organomegaly, lymphadenopathy, rash, or neurologic symptoms, plus certain supportive lab findings. What are the lab findings seen in the course of HLH? cytopenias due to hemophagocytosis, liver function abnormalities, and high serum ferritin. Based on this, what is the initial evaluation for a child suspicious of HLH? CBC with diff, 
coagulation studies, liver function tests and serum ferritin, blood cultures, viral testing. What is the workup for patients with cytopenia and symptoms of HLH? We need to perform studies to evaluate cause of cytopenia, possible infections and malignancy. For this, we perform what tests? All patients should undergo bone marrow aspiration and biopsy, lumbar puncture for CSF analysis, MRI of the brain, and CT scan for the rest of the body. That's neck, chest, abdomen, and pelvis. True or false? Establishing evidence for hemophagocytosis is mandatory part of criteria for diagnosis. That is false. Even though hemophagocytosis is usually present, it's neither considered necessary or sufficient for the diagnosis. Now, what are the major differential diagnoses of HLH, given the fact that our approach is usually considering it as a diagnosis of exclusion? First and foremost, a variant of it that's seen in rheumatologic disorders, that's macrophage activation syndrome, should be ruled out. The other differential is sepsis. As in both sepsis and HLH, we may have coagulation disorders as severe as DIC and cytokine abnormalities with fever and organ failure or neurologic dysfunction. How we distinguish sepsis from HLH? History of a viral infection, extremely high levels of ferritin and elevated LDH support diagnosis of HLH against sepsis. Now, we mentioned in the lab abnormalities we have abnormal liver function tests so how do we distinguish hlh from liver disease also both could have hepatomegaly and coagulation disorders remember hlh is a multi-organ disorder contrary to liver disease even though in liver disease we can still have encephalopathy but cytopenia and high ferritin are again helpful to distinguish hlh from liver disease now, given the viral infectious prodrome and possible neurologic symptoms, how do we distinguish HLH from encephalitis? Again, more extensive multi-organ involvement, cytopenia and liver abnormalities with high ferritin favor HLH. Always remember this formula. Remember our next immune dysregulation syndrome that is autoimmune lymphoproliferative syndrome is also a differential of HLH. We will address that in more detail in a minute. But for now, remember ALPS, autoimmune lymphoproliferative syndrome, does not have signs of multi-organ involvement or high ferritin levels or abnormal liver function tests. Even though both disorders could have organomegaly, rash, cytopenia, and other similar clinical manifestations. Also expect findings of other autoimmunities in ALPS as the name autoimmune lymphoproliferative syndrome indicates. And this finding is absent in HLH. What are the management options for HLH? First and foremost, all patients require HLA typing, you know, human leukocyte antigen typing, as the patients may need hematopoietic stem cell transplant and preparation for that requires HLA typing. The next step in management depends on stability or instability of the patient. If the patient is stable, the main approach is assessment of underlying trigger and treating it, while for unstable or acutely ill patients, who have met the criteria for HLH, immunosuppressive and cytotoxic agents are used. The regimens include dexamethasone and etoposide for 8 weeks and for patients with 
CNS findings, we consider intrathecal methotrexate and hydrocortisone. Patients whose cytopenia are severe enough should receive RBC and platelets as needed. And finally, if patients are not responsive to these therapies, hematopoietic stem cell transplant following induction therapy is the management. Now, a research-based question could be given the fact that you are expected to know the major cytokine player of the pathogenesis of HLH. Monoclonal antibody against what cytokine can be considered most beneficial in patients with HLH? Monoclonal antibodies to interferon gamma. Also, you might be asked why alemtuzumab is considered for the treatment of patients with HLH. Remember, alemtuzumab is an antibody to CD52, which is an antigen presenting on most lymphocytes, as well as macrophages and natural killer cells, all the cells involved in cell-mediated arm of HLH. So if we provide antibody to CD52, some of these cells will undergo antibody-dependent lysis. Remember, this is exactly the reason why we use alemtuzumab in certain malignancies. Now, moving on to our next immune dysregulation disorder causing immunodeficiency, and that's ALPS, autoimmune lymphoproliferative syndrome. Now, what is it? It is simply impaired lymphocyte homeostasis due to defective apoptosis of lymphocytes, resulting in excessive proliferation of them, hence the name lymphoproliferative disease. What's the exact molecular pathogenesis? germline mutation in FAS gene, impairing FAS on FAS ligand interaction necessary for extrinsic pathway of apoptosis. Why this disorder manifests mainly as lymphoproliferative disorder? Remember, FAS on FAS ligand interaction on extrinsic pathway of apoptosis is also involved in the process of thymic medullary negative selection of lymphocytes in which single positive T-cells with excessive affinity for self-antigen MHC complex will be eradicated. It's logical to think if self-reacting lymphocytes are not eradicated, we will have an autoimmune lymphoproliferative disorder. Now, what is the common or shared molecular pathology seen in both ALPS and HLH? We just discussed that in HLH, enzymes that are responsible to induce cytotoxicity by natural killer cells or CD8 positive T cells are defective. Remember, these same enzymes, such as perforin and granzyme B, are also the ones involved in extrinsic fast-dependent pathway of apoptosis. So think of ALPS as a more proximal defect in which the very first step that's fast to fast ligand interaction is impaired while in HLH the executive enzymatic elements are defective. However, both conditions result in immune dysregulation. Now notice that in HLH we have failure of macrophage apoptosis and therefore we have excessive number of circulating and destructive macrophages. This belongs to innate immune response, while in ALPS we have excessive numbers of circulating T-cells and this therefore belongs to a dysregulation of adaptive immune system. 
What are the early manifestations of ALPS? Think in terms of expansion in reticuloendothelial or lymphoid system organs, that is lymphadenopathy, hepatosplenomegaly, plus increased risk of autoimmune diseases, especially in association with blood cytopenias. What's the well-known complication of ALPS? One is lymphoma and the other, especially on patients undergoing a splenectomy, is life-threatening sepsis. That's why splenectomy should be avoided in patients with ALPS. What are the possible lab findings in ALPS? First of all, due to impaired processes of lymphocyte selection in thymus, we have T-cell which only express T-cell receptors on their surface, but no CD4 or CD8. In other words, we have increased number of double negative T-cells in peripheral blood. Other Findings include impaired fast-mediated apoptosis in vitro and increased levels of fast ligand, logically, given the fact that it's not interacting with its receptor. In peripheral blood, we can see Coombs-positive hemolytic anemia, thrombocytopenia, neutropenia, and eosinophilia. Once more, an important lab finding is the type of lymphocytes that you see circulating excessively in the periphery and that is alpha beta double negative t lymphocytes why it's called alpha beta because t cell receptor that's the main receptor present in these lymphocytes has the alpha and beta components if you remember and thus they are referred to as alpha beta double negative differential diagnoses are similar to that we mentioned for hlh here we also include hyper igm syndrome and viscous aldrich as well as the other primary immunodeficiencies of adaptive immunity that's disorders of b or t cells what is the management for alps simply we focus on treating clinical manifestations preventing complications and finally, and if indicated, curative therapy with hematopoietic cell transplantation. When we use immunosuppressive therapy in patients with ALPS in two specific conditions. One is if patient has severe complications due to lymphoproliferation, that's enlargement of lymphoid organs causing either airway obstruction by large tonsils or massive splenomegaly, or for patients who have associated symptomatic autoimmune disorders any combination of glucocorticoids cyclosporin sirolimus tacrolimus or mycophenolate could be used how to prevent the main short-term complication of the disease while we mentioned lymphoma is a long-term complication the short-term major complication is increased risk of infection due to use of immunosuppressive agents we may consider immunoglobulins or antimicrobials to prevent opportunistic infections. We should also remember again to not perform a splenectomy on these patients. However, if the patients have a splenectomy, lifelong penicillin prophylaxis is the course of action. And finally, what are the indications for hematopoietic stem cell transplantation? One is if patient has contracted lymphoma, the other is severe and resistant autoimmune cytopenias, and the other indication is severe immunodeficiency due to prolonged use of immunosuppressive agents. This finishes our discussion of two disorders associated with immunodeficiency and immune dysregulation. <laughs>